Woodstock, Deadheads, The Village, Kate Ashbury, Counterculture, Women's Lib, Karma, Enlightenment. <laughs> sound familiar or sound foreign? That's okay. Join us, the two old bogey yogis, as we reminisce, discuss our spiritual paths, and explore all things yoga, meditation, and more. Your hosts each week are Swami Yashokananda and Reverend Prem, who between us have nearly a hundred years of living La Vida Integral Yoga. And that's what makes us the two, two old bogey yogis. <laughs> Celibacy, sexuality, and yoga? Hmm, here's a hot topic. Well, let's cool it down a moment. In earlier episodes, we've been talking about the five yamas. Yama and Niyama, yoga's ethical system, form the foundation for its classical eight-limbed system. Today, we'll explore the fourth yama, Brahmacharya. Okay, so here's a uh, juicy subject uh, mm. for yogis, brahmacharya. Mm -hmm. Sutra 238, brahmacharya by one established incontinence, vigor is gained. That sounds pretty straightforward. I mean, it seems like everybody would be interested in vigor, yeah. physical strength, good health. So how does this relate to yoga practice when it comes to this prescription to be established in continence? Well, I guess, first of all, let's unpack continence and vigor. Like, what's mm -hmm. the relationship? Sri Gurudev and all the yoga scriptures talk about how potent that sexual fluid is, how much of a concentrated form condensed form of prana it is. It's not that you can't spend it at all, but you should spend it really wisely. And this see. isn't just for men, because this is, gets very aggravating for women, because traditionally, the commentaries on the Yoga Sutras have been by men, and they talk about sexual fluid as relating to men mm -hmm. and not to women, but it's the same for women as well. So let's just put that on the table. That makes sense. From what all the masters have said, it's it's for both sexes, yeah. Yeah. And Gurudev Swami Satchidananda explained in his commentary saying, if we're not strong mentally and physically, then we never gain real spiritual wealth. Preserved sexual energy gets transformed into, like you said, prana. Yeah, ojas, they call it. Yeah, spiritual glow. Yeah. Brahmacharya is about energy. Uh, Swami Karunananda has talked about it. She wrote a piece that I put in the Integral Yoga magazine. Okay. And she talked about how life depends on energy. Anything we do, anything we want to acquire, accomplish, or attain needs energy. So brahmacharya is about optimizing the energy in our system. It's about prioritizing how we use it. And like you said, converting it into an inner spiritual force. So in Sanskrit, that's from tejas to ojas. Ojas mm -hmm. is that converted spiritual force from the energy that would go by not following brahmacharya. And of course, you know, the sexual expression is just 
one way of conserving energy. Like sitting here now, I could be nervously moving my finger. Why, why don't I just relax my hand? Why waste the energy on twiddling my thumbs or something? Mm. It, there's so many ways we fritter away our energy. Literally, uh, it's a path to Brahman. Using our energy as a pathway to Brahman. Certainly, the sexual energy is a key component of that. But in general, watching how am I using every aspect of my behavior, even my thinking, is I moving it toward my higher self? Am I wasting energy? I think it's important to look at that. Wow. I think that's amazing. Very mm. profound and something that I guess we take for granted. We just think, okay, either I got a lot of energy today or I don't. Mm -hmm. And maybe not really thinking of it in terms of how does my use of energy really support my spiritual path? And I wanted to ask you, because I was reading in the Gita in chapter six, Sri Krishna says, it is impossible to practice yoga effectively if you eat or sleep too much or too little. But if you are moderate in eating, playing, sleeping, staying awake, and if you avoid extremes in everything you do, you will see that these yoga practices eliminate all your pain and suffering. Is this what Sri Krishna is talking about in the Gita? I guess moderation is what yeah. he's saying, is talking about moderation. Yeah, I think the ego likes extremes, eye-popping austerities. I think Krishna's talking about leading basically a normal life. At least on the outside, it looks like you're leading a normal life. And you have a clear intention about the direction of your life. I think Brahmacharya is all about that clear intention. How do I get this firm resolve about why I'm in this human birth? Then I think we tend to use our energies in the right way. Because having, you know, Brahmacharya gives you a point of vigor, but that having a lot of vigor is not necessarily good. Oh, wait, <laughs> why? <laughs> I would you think know, that is really good. I'd like to have a lot more vigor. But then yeah. again, we're too old fogey yogi. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you probably know people, they have too much vigor. I mean, you wish they would uh, settle down a bit, <laughs> had, a, had a little less energy. They come on too strong, a little bombastic. It has to be energy that is is used well. I mean, it needs the other yamas and the yamas. Mm. If you're gonna if you're gonna have a lot of shakti, a lot of prana, a lot of spiritual current, you have to have some sattva also. Oh. Otherwise, you're it's gonna be problematic for yourself and for others. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about it like that too. That because vigor can also be associated with rajas right mm -hmm. rajasic yeah. activity and what we're talking about is sattvicizing mm -hmm. our energy yeah. <laughs> yeah think of like simonizing your car sattvicizing <laughs> your, your energy yeah. <laughs> yeah i was listening to uh talk by professor edwin bryant uh, last night actually and he was saying that when rajas is more guided by tamas, then it's destructive. If it's if it's guided by sattva, then rajas can be guided in the right direction. And I think that's what brahmacharya is. It's oh. it's 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 guiding the prana in the right direction. Like I say, not wasting it, not using your energy in a way that's going to eventually come back to hurt you or others. That's where also the sexual expression comes comes into play. Uh, there are two people there. You have to see how it's affecting both parties. Yeah. In my own case, I don't think I can get established in 
true brahmacharya unless I'm in some type of a higher spiritual vibration. It's just so strong of a pull. It's a, such a biological pull. I see that if I can really lift my energy up, then I can see women in a different way. I can relate to them differently. I think it all has to be tied into our practices, what we're doing to, as they say, get clear about our purpose and how we're moving in that direction. And then I think brahmacharya can happen more naturally. Yeah, there's been this push-pull over the years, probably over the centuries, about brahmacharya in terms of okay, if you are pursuing a spiritual path, does brahmacharya really mean celibacy or does it mean moderation? What are we talking about here? And speaking of Dr. Edwin Bryant, I was really surprised when he came out very, very strongly in his course on the Yoga Sutras. And he made the point that back in the day of Patanjali, this was a time where Patanjali was teaching to forest dwellers. He was not in the middle of a big city. He was not teaching to householders even. He was teaching to renunciates, to sadhus, and... Sannyasins, yeah. Sannyasins. And he was making the point that brahmacharya was celibacy. I mean, that Dr. Bryant was saying that Patanjali taught brahmacharya as celibacy, mm -hmm. except in one caveat. I mean, it wasn't an issue because he was talking to people who had basically left their lives, right? Whether they had been leading a householder life or whatever, but they have basically left the world and they are now wandering or they're just living in the forest or whatever. So this is who he's addressing the teachings to. And Dr. Bryant made the point strongly that these people who are hearing Patanjali's teachings were not kidding around. <laughs> they were there for, they were there for the brahmacharya, which literally in Sanskrit means Acharya, one who is following, seeking Brahman, that ultimate reality, yeah. that higher self, and everything they're doing 24-7 is toward that goal. They are not getting up in the morning after a nice hot shower, grab a cup of coffee, and maybe I'll meditate a few minutes. These people are 24-7 doing spiritual practice, yeah. but it's like... How does that relate to today? Who the heck is doing that? Okay, maybe if you're living in a monastery in India or Nepal, or I guess even the Catholic nuns and monks who are enclosed, and this is what they're doing 24-7. For the rest of the world, what does it mean? So someone was asking him the question in this class. So Dr. Bryan says, let's, again, my phrase that I like to use, let's not get it twisted, sister. He said, the teaching is brahmacharya is celibacy. You're either in this path 100% or you're not, according to Patanjali. However, Patanjali makes one concession because why? Apparently, Patanjali found two references in the Puranas that define brahmacharya as 
celibacy. If you're single, if you're married, only sex with your partner. That's the concession that can maybe help us today. Although maybe not so much either. Because today, at least in modern culture, people since the 60s are about free love, right? And that's what came up in this class. This woman was saying to Dr. Bryant, well, I just feel that brahmacharya is just loving who you're with and really being present with them, connecting in a very deep way. He just broke right in and said, let me explain this. Not what Patanjali is talking about. So sure, if that works for you, how you are living your life, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to say, oh no, that's wrong. But I'm representing here in this class, I'm teaching the tradition. And the tradition says, if you are a Patanjalian yogi, you are living a life of brahmacharya, celibacy, watching your energy, all your energy, in fact, is dedicated to spiritual pursuits. However, one concession, if you're married, fine, have sexual activity with your partner in moderation. And that usually meant traditionally in those days, like once a month, fast forward to our day and time. And yeah, who's doing that? When we talk about pratyahara also, which is sense control, mastery of the senses, I think our biggest problem, especially in America, of why there's so much addictive behavior, maybe we talked about this in a prior episode, is because the nature of the sense is it is just that when you satisfy a sense, if you try to satisfy that again and again and again and again within a short period of time, that sense experience gets dulled. That's the nature of it. For instance, have you ever had this situation? Probably not because you're so <laughs> so careful with your diet. But where you say, okay, I'm going to have, for example, a piece of chocolate cake. It's not a big piece. I usually don't eat this. It's a special occasion. I'll just eat this piece. It won't be a huge piece, moderate size. You eat it and you think to yourself, what? That was like the greatest thing. <laughs> what have I been missing all these days? <laughs> the greatest thing I ever <laughs> ate in my life. I'm never going to have it again. Let's face it. I don't go after this. That's really not part of my regular diet. But look, there's more of it. Everybody's had cake. I'm just going to have one more small piece. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you've ever done it, but I'll tell you this past Christmas, I don't eat sugar, but somebody gave me these chocolate chip cook, chocolate, chocolate chip cookies. I'm like, I really mm. shouldn't eat this, but... Uh, I'll take a bite. I take a bite and I go, no, 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 no. I'm eating this cookie. <laughs> well, there was actually, there was two cookies and I'm like, yeah. so I eat the first one. I said, just try to be satisfied with that. <laughs> I eat the cookie it's delicious. And I think, look, I'm never going to buy these. I'm not going out. Christmas has been and gone. I'm just, I'm going to eat the second one. I'm going to tell you. And I waited a day, by the way. Oh, that's yeah, discipline. I, yeah. <laughs> I said, I wanted to see, could, could I just wait a day? And then if I really wanted it, I would eat it. The second day I took a bite, same cookie. It was nothing like the day before. It wasn't that the cookie was stale, but. but no, uh, I realized, 
when you take that first bite of something and it's something that you love and enjoy and been repressing maybe true <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not the same the next time like mm. i can eat some delicious indian food let's say i had it for lunch if i had it for dinner i'm just telling you it doesn't taste the same yeah. it's just not that same experience that's why they suggest the moderation thing also is spread it out over time even gurudev used to counsel married people who were having some difficulty in the area of intimacy and he would say make it a celebration right it's like a feast you mm -hmm. don't have a feast every day it's once in a while so if once a month then you really look forward to it when you come together. It's a completely different experience. And I think today people who really have challenges with sexual addiction or with just feeling like they're bored in their relationship, it, they're having sex like every day or five times a week, some people three times a day. And you wonder why it's not giving you that same experience that you had on day one with the same person. Yeah. It's like the senses get dulled. The experience becomes, well, you say like familiarity also breeds contempt. <laughs> Today it's like so much familiarity. It's like, and especially during the pandemic, it's like, get out of my face. <laughs> and then you wonder why you seek some other type of excitement. I would just love to say to couples, try it one time where you literally don't have sex for a month. I think it would be a completely different experience. And it's not to say you can't be intimate at other times, talking, sharing a candlelight dinner, kissing maybe, but just don't let it go too far. It makes it so exciting. Like you're on a first date again. Yeah. I don't know. Anyhow, I've gotten off on that tangent, but sometimes we look at these teachings and we don't realize that these rishis, they really knew something here. Yeah. <laughs> they were going really deep in understanding human physiology, psychology, spirituality. This is all they were doing and they were going deep and they figured out a whole lot of stuff. What do you think that today in, in America, at least, there's not a whole lot of value put on, I don't know, yeah, constraint mm. or restraint or discipline or even saying, I'm going to be in a monogamous relationship. Our guru, he said, you know, like basically you're saying moderation, enjoy it as a feast. I think mostly people get married, they want to be able to enjoy sex. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure why there's a need to get married if you don't plan to have any sex. Uh, maybe there's other pulls, but I think that's the, that's the main one for people. Yes, to get married, to have sex, to have a family, yeah. right? Raise kids together, yeah. make that, a that, life together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we have to be careful about putting too much of a stigma that sex is against spirituality and a householder can't be as spiritual as a monastic celibate. I never heard Gurdjieff talk like that, you know, no. and, and, and many of the early sages were married people. Yeah, that's true, though. The early rishis. Yeah. 
in our order, we have swamis, we have reverends, and there's no hierarchy there where the swamis are higher than the reverends who can't get married, who can't have children, who can't have sex. We know we yes. don't think of those terms. Yeah. So let's clarify that. So in our tradition, in integral yoga, we have an order of sannyas, which are the monastics. They should follow Patanjali way he put it, strict celibacy. Yeah. Right. So it's strict celibacy, it's renunciation, it's service. That's the path. The ministers are almost a householder version where Gurudev said it's a path where you can be of service like a sannyasi, but maybe not 24 seven, because if you're raising a family, you have a spouse, you got to have time for your family, for your business. Whereas the sannyasi, the idea was to be a public servant 24 mm seven. -hmm. So a little different, but the spirit of dedication would be the same between the ministers and the sannyasis. And like you say, there was no hierarchy thinking that the monastics were better mm -hmm. than householders. Even if you're not a minister, if you were a regular student of yoga, you're a practitioner, there's no hierarchy. Oh, that one's better than the other spiritually at all. And that could be the downfall of the Swami if they think they're above other people. It should be like, a, they can be lead in some ways, but it's a, a service leadership. Uh, you're, you're, you're leading, but through your service. You, uh, if you don't humble the ego in that way, then your brahmacharya and your uh, your status as a swami is really not serving you well. And I also want to go back to something that Dr. Bryant said in terms of the traditional way that the yoga sutras were taught, which was an oral tradition and mostly, as we said, to the forest dwellers, which were non-householders. So why did this even come up? at all, this idea of having either complete celibacy or continence moderation. So Dr. Bryant was saying that sexual raga or sexual desire causes the most agitation in one's life of all the desires. Mm -hmm. So in order to pursue this yoga that Patanjali was talking about, the goal of which was to Nirodaha, the mind, as Dr. Bryant likes to put it, you're neuroding all over the place. The idea is that you are training, restraining, controlling the mind in order to transcend the mind, in order to make the mind calm and still as a lake so that you can experience your true nature. Also, Dr. Bryant points out in the tradition of the Bhagavad Gita, the idea is not to transcend the world. In other words, go off and live in a cave or in a forest, but rather to take your spiritual attainments and bring them in an integrated way into your daily worldly life. Right. So you're, you are spiritualizing your whole life. Yeah, that's the message of the Gita. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the message of the Gita, which is very different than Patanjali's message. Mm -hmm. Because Patanjali is like, okay, the goal is samadhi, is to take yourself out of all of this 
and just transcend, reach this Turiya state. And basically you're going to attain that and then probably leave the body mm -hmm. or continue living in the forests as a wandering sadhu, but you're not bringing that into karma, a karma yoga kind of idea of putting yoga into action in mm -hmm. your daily, regular life. So it was a big distinction there. Yeah. And it's also it makes the point that I think is really an important point, which is what is your goal? Mm -hmm. What's your yeah. goal in life, in your spiritual practice? What is it that you want to achieve? And then being sure that the path you're following actually <laughs> leads to that goal. Yeah. So if you're just only following Patanjali yoga, then you have to know where that ends up if you are following that classically, traditionally. And I want to make the point that integral yoga is not just Patanjali yoga. Patanjali yoga is one of the six branches of integral yoga in the form of Raja yoga. Right. But it's not the entirety of the tradition or system. So Gurudev was not saying, yes, you all should follow Patanjali yoga and wind up in a cave or dropped out of the world, just living your meditative life. And that's that. He was saying, no, there's these five other branches. Yeah, there was a disciple of uh, Ananda Moima, Swami Nirmananda, I think his name was, in uh, Oklahoma. He was following Patanjali in yoga. Very strict discipline there. Mm. My best friend from the RYI in charge of the Connecticut Center, he went to live there. Gurudev was kind of nudging people in that direction uh, just to see what would happen. So I said I was interested in going, and I was going to go. My mom called him because uh, you have no contact with your parents once you go there. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Before you tell us about what your mom said in the yeah. call, why did you want to go there? Something like you're saying, either you're doing the path or you're, you're a mediocre person, just admit it, you're not really that sincere. When I heard that, that you meditate for like 12 hours a day on the new moon, full moon, you meditate 24 hours, uh, no contact with the outside world, I said, all right, those are the people who are doing it. Uh, I'm going to do it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my best friend was going to do it. So I said, ah, he's going to do it. I'll, I'll join him. Gurudev seems to be slightly encouraging it. So I was going to go. I told my mom I won't be in touch with her anymore. Now, uh, how but, long was this supposed to be? I think it was forever. What? <laughs> okay, so you were going to move out of wherever you were instituted. Yeah, yeah in the Connecticut, I think Hartford, IYR, yeah. Okay, and you were going to move to this other place. Oh, Oklahoma City, yeah. Okay, and then pursue this Patanjalian path 24-7, renounce the world. This was it for you. Oh, boy, so, your mother must have been really... <laughs> Yeah. My mom was, has been very supportive of me. And I told her, even then she said, all right, uh, uh, you have to follow your bliss. Wow. I, I, I understand, sweetheart. That's amazing. Uh, uh, but she just wanted to double check with the Swami. She's been initiated. She has a name. So she, she knows what we're doing. So she called Gurudev and Gurudev told her, yeah, that's not really my way. We're here to be of service to others. We learn through our service to others. So next time I spoke to him, I said, uh, I saw Gurudev, I'm planning on going, you know. One other thing is that uh, Swami Nirmalananda, 
hits his disciples. He physically what? hits it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I think I knew of, I need a few of Simon Rolandanda's smacks because I'm, I'm too Tomasic. And Gurudev said, I'm going to give you my smacks. And they're not physical, but they're much harder than <laughs> Rolandanda's smacks if you keep thinking, thinking like this. I said, what? oh, oh, okay. Uh, I didn't realize. I, I thought this was a good thing. He said, no, no. If you're worried about me, Tomasic, you'll get my smacks. And they're not physical, but you'll feel it. <laughs> It's true that uh, Raja Yoga is one of the six paths, but he really wanted us to be useful citizens of the world and use that as, a, as our means for both spiritual growth and fulfilling our swadharma on the planet. And That's you decided enough. not to go. What about your friend? Did he wind up going? Yeah, he went. Yeah. Oh, boy. Did yeah. he stay? I think he stayed. Uh, wow. Yeah. I never heard from him again. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to have any contact after that. So I never heard from him again. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's true that that path of just following the yoga sutras, if you dedicate your life to following the yoga sutras, then you are supposed to gain that highest samadhi. If that's your goal, you will reach that following that path but you have to live all the yamas, all the niyamas, do all the eight limbs of that path, follow it exactly without straying. And you know how Patanjali defined practice also. Mm -hmm. And you have to be on that 24 seven. There's no Nah, Sunday, maybe I'll take a little stroll here. I'll do that. No Netflix and chill. Yeah, yeah. So that's why in the integral yoga system, Patanjali's yoga is really what we use as a meditation methodology, right? And then the other branches, bhakti yoga, developing a beautiful, loving, dedicated, devoted, compassionate heart. Karma yoga, like you said, a life of selfless service. Japa yoga is the meditation recommended by Gurudev of utilizing a mantra. Hatha yoga to keep the body healthy mm-hmm. and in good condition. Yeah. And then we have the branch of jnana yoga, which can you say something about that? Jnana yoga really is for those who have a very clear intellect, we call it in sense of the booty, probably through going deep into the other paths, bhakti, karma, raja, their booty, their intelligence has become very clear. And it's, and it's moving internally rather than getting clear about external things. That's also takes certain type of clarity, but their booty is clean in a way that it, it pulls them within and they're naturally moving toward the core or the essence of their being. That's how my understanding of, of Yana Yoga is. It's the culmination probably of the other paths. But it's so beautiful. Think about it. What Gurudev was presenting us with was the full range of study and exploration and practice of these various yogas that all together really take you to such a deeply integrated place of awakening where you're not just doing one thing, developing one aspect, and it doesn't really get integrated into the whole. So this is like a holistic system. And that's why I think it's really important 
for everyone to understand that integral yoga is all about integration, being a completely integrated, full functioning, skillfully (laughs) wide, (laughs) heart opened, compassionate, loving, focused person, deeply in touch with their essence, nature, their deepest core within them. So figure out if the path you're on is really leading to the goal that you want. Mm, So important. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and will join us again for next week's episode. Please do follow and subscribe to the podcast via SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and other apps. For more information about everything Integral Yoga, you can go to IntegralYoga.org. Om Shanti.